Hello guys, thank you for tuning into this episode. I really am excited to share this one. I had taken a little bit of a hiatus from my podcasting, um, but it was great to get back into it and have a longer conversation with Colin Skinner. Colin is a regenerative, I'm gonna call him a regenerative holistic health coach. I'm, I don't know if that's a term, but I'm gonna make that up right now. But Colin is a role model for me as far as like what I wanna see myself getting into as far as having a great family, um, treating your kids the right way, and then all the different aspects that he has brought into his life as far as um, just enjoying his life, but also being able to do these holistic health principles that make you feel so good, such as going to your local farmer's market, um, working out outside and all those great benefits it has. So I think you guys will love this one if you are interested in trying to get the ball rolling too. We had some nuggets on how to get going and really just like the path starts with one day at a time. So tune into this one and enjoy guys. All right, what's up, Colin? Thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Luke. Yeah. I mean, I saw your stuff on Instagram and Twitter. I thought your story was, like, super cool. So I wanted to just get to know, like, more about you, I guess. So can you just give my audience, like, the quick, like, rundown? I know we can get, like, deeper into some of your health stuff down the road, but what are you up to nowadays? Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh man, I'm a dad now. I've got two kids, um, an amazing wife who's incredibly supportive, especially in sort of my lifestyle these days, which is all things holistic health. Um, I really was more concerned with like nutrition and all the things I ate. And it's been a natural progression for me of being hyper obsessed with diet and protocols and elimination diets and um, all of those things to this, this place now where I've, I've really kind of stripped away from all the, the diets and boxes and, and protocols and really am, am all about, man, just freedom and, um, yeah, getting those labels off of us and, and really this, this what, what holistic health is, which is the total package. You know, it's all – it's seamless. There's no division. It's all one piece. And so mm-hmm. my healing for myself uh, just skyrocketed and sped up when I started to realize that I was an integrated being and that my diets were going to take me so far and whatever I had, I was doing for that season and now speeding up to being a dad and like needing energy from the minute I wake up to the moment I just like crash from like chasing two toe head rascals, age three and two, like they've got so much energy. Like, I think everyone should take a lesson like from them. Like, what do they do? You know, cause they're just yeah. like so charged up all day, every day. So I really left this area of diet and diet culture had a season of healing for myself. And of course we're always healing. Um, but I've really been in, in this day and age kind of peeling off layers and working through, um, emotional suppression and you could say past trauma and stuff like that. And really going from like, I feel like my message today is going from, um, turbulence to, to peace, if that makes sense. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at these days. And I'm just super passionate about, this message of living in our design and living the way that, that we were designed to be in order to, to thrive and to heal and to be our, our best selves here on earth. I think that's super relatable as far as 
the labels we put on ourselves. Cause sometimes even the ones that are healthy labels, like for me, I was always sleeping really horribly. But then once I got my sleep in order, I was like, all right, I need a bedtime every night. I need to be like in bed at like 10 PM or, and sometimes for me that would like involve like missing out on like potential, like fun things I wanted to do just cause I'm like, all right, I'm like so religious about my sleep. So within like the last like few months, I've kind of like started to realize like the whole reason I'm healthy is like to enjoy life. Like it's not to go to bed. So just being more conscious of the fact that like, I don't know, like whatever we're doing, just like try to be like, like you said, um, just like more like in tune with our body and just like less like just like what the rule book says and more so like what we think is right, like what feels right. So I guess for you, or for you, like, what are some of the basic things that you find that are like staples for you as far as like, when you think of like a holistic lifestyle, what, what comes to mind? Fantastic question. What comes to mind first and foremost is how you see yourself as a being and as a living thing. Um, if you see yourself inside hunched over, you know, working, um, and going through the routines day to day, modern lifestyle, I think you're really not seeing your full potential and in, in who you are. I think when you see yourself in your God made design, which is a human being, and then stepping back from there and saying, okay, well, what is a human being here to do? And I'm not talking about your purpose in terms of your career and things like that. All that is good and well, and certainly a, a, a good heart to have for how we can serve society hundred percent and our families. But physically and spiritually and, and, and with our souls, you know, into this one thing where, you know, spirit and, and physical and self, um, why are we here? And then maybe even better question is what are we here for and, and what are we best at? What is a human being designed to do? And mm. these are the things that light me up and get me out of bed, like understanding my design and not just my physicality too, but but how my soul and my spirit is intertwined in that as, as one, as an entity, as a, as a human being. So for me, it's, it's really, um, again, like I said earlier, stripping back these dogmas of, of diet and, and all of these things. And really just simply put, um, what are the lifestyle inputs that I can do to be the, the best version of myself, the, the healthiest human. And it's not some contest to see, you know, necessarily, um, if my muscles can be bigger than this guy's or whatever, like all that's good and well, but at the end of the day, as a father now, like that being my priority, you know, how can I set myself up so that I can 100% without thinking, just like chase down my three-year-old and like wrestle him in the yard and not just be down, you know, down for the count for 30 minutes after that, because I just pulled a hammy or I can't <laughs> breathe because I'm like, so out of shape, you know, like I think before for me, it was just like, how can my body perform the best? And that's, that's awesome. But now I think out of, of a place of love for me as a father, it's yeah, performance based, but for my kids, uh, or for, you know, providing for my family or to be able to chop down this tree so that I can, you know, remove this, this obstacle from our yard so that, you know, we can continue to do the things that we're doing and, you know, planting things here in the yard. That's the way a dad thinks these days. And it's probably such a like dad, um, mindset, but so when I think of holistic health these days, it's it's the functionality of being able to do things like cutting down a tree, um, but it's also you know how can I serve my family the best and 
am I going to be able to do this for decades in the future as a grandfather, you know, and what are my kids taking away from me when they see me operate just day to day? I love how you put that as far as like how you see yourself. Cause like a lot of dudes, I think in the beginning, get in just like get in shape, like try to get with girls or whatever. And then progressively you kind of either go down, you keep going down that path or it's like, okay, there's no end to this this said path or you go down this other path where you start to i don't know tinker with other parts of your life and try to be like more fulfilled so i guess how far along like in the process did you start to like realize that was the way for you i think i saw a shift in my approach to my own health and well-being um there was probably a, a peak when I was, you know, looking for a woman, like looking for my wife. And, and that's probably just so primal and innate. It just like comes out of you, you know, how can I look my best, talk my best, think my best. And it's funny, man, probably, I think when I landed my wife, which was just like one in a million, like, like she's the catch 10 out of 10, you know, I think there for a second, at least for me, I got a little complacent and like, okay, like, yeah, I, I got her. Like what's, what's next, you know? And it's not that I let myself go or anything like that. But I think, again, it is a priority shift of having children realizing, oh, my gosh, you know, this next generation is going to be looking to me for answers and how how they should live their lives and their kids right now. So they don't they're not worried about how much protein they're getting. And <laughs> like we're kind of talking them through talking our three year old through that right now and and teaching him. Um, we're, we're a little more hands-on like homeschool style family. So that's just been our approach so far. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it was much more back then, just like a competition with maybe other guys, like more of an internal discussion. I don't think I would put this out on the internet or anything like that. And it, and it became more of a, a piece of, of not just like longevity and, and how can I, you know, live to be as old as I can to enjoy as many generations as I can coming after me in the Skinner family, but also like how I feel day to day. And and that's where, you know, I started to care again about my sleep as you were mentioning. And I started to care again about my habits, not so that I could be perfect, but so that I could integrate um, enough to where I was at a, as, as peak performance as possible and could just really soak in every moment with my children you know, with my wife, because there's, there's so much change with these toddlers and babies. They just, they change so fast. So now, um, if that makes sense, I think my priorities have shifted to how can I just be able to be like all five senses going at one time and operate my highest self there. And then much more recently, not just with my family, but then working with clients now, helping them wherever they're at in life, whether they're single, married, whatever they're doing, work-related, and how can I get them online the best so that they have energy, they've got mental clarity, and they can be their best version for whatever their priorities are? Because everyone's different, as you mentioned. So that's kind of where I'm at today. And it's been really fun leading people through that process as well as with clients that I work with. I think that's really cool because just the whole, I don't know, it's like a whole encompassing lifestyle. It's not just diet, nutrition. Um, but when you're able to live that lifestyle, as far as like your actions are kind of aligned with what you want to do, it makes it a lot easier to like go through yeah. like the kind of like mundane things. But I was going to ask you, 
So you had that post on your Instagram where you kind of talked about how you overcome like hyperthyroidism and you started to like get all these like synchronicities. So I was wondering like if you could just touch on those and like what you think like the role of synchronicities have been in your life so far. Oh my gosh. It's, <laughs> it's crucial. It was, it was everything for that season for me. I had, I had no idea what synchronicities were and I think through keeping my faith in that really turbulent time of not knowing what the heck was going on with me and my energy levels and what would have been and what I thought were the, the, the peak age for my life, you know, um, early to mid twenties and just literally couldn't even get through the workday. Um, then at my office without taking like these mandatory naps, like literally locking myself in the, in the stall and just like, kind of sleeping. I was just sort of just so mentally brain dead. Um, so that was what that season I was coming out of, um, looked like. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like for me, it was just trying to get back online and, and really get my energy back and like get my life back. Um, that was really, really tough. And when I held true to my faith, um, my, my faith in God and, and, and Jesus and everything he's done in my life. And then also finding my wife. So whether it's community or, or a significant other and, and really like leaning into them and opening up and like being your true honest self with them, that vulnerability, that was, I think that emotional suppression piece that I kind of opened my chest and revealed what was going on. And, and this person, my eventual wife, like was so radically there for me and, and honest and was like my mirror that I needed. And that's what I try to do again with people I talk to now is like these people, people just need mirrors. They need someone to walk with them. They need a corner man in their ring that is there for them, not even to tell them what to do all the time, but just to listen and, and to grow with them and to encourage. Um, that mirror piece was huge for me back then and still is today. Mm -hmm. I guess the, the beauty of, of marriage and finding that, that special other one. Um, but the synchronicities and meeting her, finding more of a, a career path, these things just kind of came into my field without me writing them down. I mean, I think I was journaling at the time and so doing some of those things, but to see them actualize in life, I mean, there's really no other way to experience it than to, to be open to it and to, you know, as people say, like really raise your vibration because you are going to connect with the people and the jobs and the things that are for you, the things that you really want to be doing. If again, you step out and you be your honest, true self using radical responsibility, those things are just going to come to you. It's just going to happen. It's a matter of time. Um, you can't go wrong being your honest self. And so for me, that was a process growing up in the South, being much more accustomed to keeping everything buttoned up and coming from a family that had a lot of things buttoned up on the outside, but on the inside, we're going through a lot of things relationally. Um, so for me, it just took me 20 some years, but, um, yeah, the synchronicities are wild and they're, they're, they're everywhere. So, um, if, if you've never experienced one, like people listening, like, like be your, be your honest radical self for a couple months and see what happens. It's incredible. I'm trying to relate back, like what you said, kind of like, so you said like, for me, when you said like everyone's healing, I always think about the fact that like, it's just like a long process, not like not necessarily a long process, but everyone's always like doing some sort of healing and maybe like 
you take a step back here and there. And because of that, I think I've had days where I'm like, I'm living my best life. And when I'm able to do that, I'm able to like serve others better because when you like love yourself, then you're just able Mm. to like reciprocate that out. So I guess my question is just like, how do you see that as far as like, how do you build like a relationship with yourself um, where like you are like loving yourself and aligning like with what you believe is like right for you? Because I know sometimes when I was in like a dark place, I was just like, like, I don't know what is for me. Like, how am I supposed to know? So if you have any answer to like, how do you just trust that like everything will be all right, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Well, it starts with you. It really does start with you and your relationship with you. And I think in the, for some reason in the, in the Western world here in America, that's that's tough because we are in a, in a part of a winning culture, but we're also so quick to set up rules for ourselves and boxes. And when we when we don't, you know, when we're not up to the up to the challenge, or when we let ourselves down, um, I think we're you know we're quick as a society to to really start chopping ourselves down over and over. It becomes habitual, right? Just mm-hmm. like any other habit is. It's that that negative self-talk that we we have to first realize when it's happening. We have to acknowledge that it's happening. And then we have to realize that we are not our thoughts. Like we really aren't. Like these things are coming into our field and we have to let them move through us to, in order to move forward ourselves with our life. So I think you brought up a beautiful point where it does start with a relationship with yourself and actually loving yourself in order to love others better and and have more capacity for them. And, and I've seen that play out in my life now as a father where, I mean, dude, these, these kids are, it's, it's, it's literally, I'm on the clock like 24 seven. I mean, they might be asleep, you know, it might be, um, 10 PM and, and they're both out. And my wife and I have a chance to, to, to talk and, and, you know, get a, get a moment to ourselves. But when you have kids and for people that have kids, they understand what I'm saying. It's, it's, your life is forever changed and it's the most beautiful dynamic ever. But if you lose yourself, you know, in, in them or in other, if you lose yourself in other relationships, if you forget to love yourself and take care of yourself and get time for yourself, especially as a man, I know same for women, but especially as a man, um, you do see your capacity lower. And that's something that I, I, I'm actually working on a, on a course right now. Um, I'm calling it well-resourced because I notice that when I am not well-resourced or my wife, it immediately gets taken out on like other people around us because our capacity is lowered and our patience and all the, all the, the, our five senses, like I said earlier, they're just numbed. And we seem to, as human beings, just have much, much more of a, of a temper flare or a, a lower capacity kind of approach to things when we're not well-resourced we're not loving ourselves and we're not taking time for ourselves to get out into nature, to journal, um, to make sure that, like you said, we're sleeping well enough. Mm-hmm. So um, certainly as a father that looks um, different these days than it did before where I had my own like morning routine. And then now, you know, that's kind of kicked out the window with my kids getting up so early. Um, but I still have to make sure that I'm, I'm not associating with my thoughts per se, like I'm seeing them for what they are and letting them move through me. Um, And like you said, loving on yourself so that you have that capacity. You're not at odds with yourself and you can, 
love on others around you for sure. Mm -hmm. When you said earlier, like kind of like a mirror reflection for others, is that how you see it? Like as a dad, like just being like the mirror that like what you imagine, like what your kids is going to grow up to be like, you want them to have like a good role (laughs) model, I'm guessing. But like, um, I don't know if that relates to what you said, like well-resourced, like, I don't really know what that means. I don't know if you could describe that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the mirror thing is huge, hundred percent. Um, oh, they are, they are. When I, well, to speak to the mirror, um, a mentor of my wife and I, someone we've worked with, and a dear friend of ours on the island of Maui, uh, Michelle Chatham. She says it best. She says that your kids are the canary in the coal mine with you as a parent. I'll say it again. Your kids are your canary in the coal mine. And what that means is that that comes from the old adage of, you know, they used to have canaries, birds in the coal mines with these, these workers. And when the bird, this is how I, I think it goes when the bird would start freaking out, you know, or something's wrong or the bird would die. Like that would tell you that the oxygen levels and things are not right in the coal mine. Like it's either going to collapse or, um, you know, people may suffocate. And so they had those, those canaries, if you will, down there to basically tell the workers, hey, something is off. Same thing with our kids. Like they are our mirrors as parents. And so it's amazing how the way they're acting, like as a parent, it's so quick. It's so easy for us to be quick judgment and say, man, like Koa is just acting up today. Like what is up with him? Right. And then, excuse me, more times than not, I realized that my wife and I are not on the same page right now. And they can literally energetically pick up on our relationship dynamics. They are totally mirrors for what's going on, whether it's um, financial, um, energetic, whether it's self-loathing, like whether it's maybe interpersonal with Brianna and I, and we're not getting along. So that's, that's that immediate mirror effect like within a family dynamic, but also just in public. I mean, people are our mirrors. Like pay attention the next time that – Someone, I don't know, mouths off to you or if there's, if there's, you know, road rage on in traffic, um, if it's another family member that there's a, a tough dynamic there, more times than not, there's something to learn about yourself through the way they're treating you. Like you may not want to hear what they're having to say, and that may rub you the wrong way, but a lot of times there's something going on in you. And that's why you're like very averse to what's going on, if that makes sense. So, so with well-resourced, with that being fact, the mirror concept, well resourced that I'm working on is just what I help lead my clients through and people that come to me, whether it's a one-on-one phone call or whether looking for more like a, like a a long-term, you know, one-on-one option. It's how can we get you back online? Um, And by that, I mean, charged up so that, so that you have energy, you have mental clarity, you're sleeping well, um, you're getting minerals through hydration. You're getting nutrient dense foods. Um, your relationships are getting to the point where you can either cut it off because you realize, oh, this is very unhealthy. Like you're consciously starting to get aware of these things. Um, or how can I, because I'm back online and much more resource as a human and have the energy and mental capacity, how can I then loved on this person because you know they're not reciprocating or or something's been off for years. So just really the concept of being well-resourced is, and this is a series I actually did on Instagram. um, How can we, using the things that God gave us in nature, how can we take those inputs 
and basically get the outputs in our life that we're looking for, which would just be, you know, could be better performance at work, better physicality and, and um, performance through sports or, you know, just in your day to day or even more mental capacity at the work office or whatever you do in life. That's what I mean by well-resourced. And, and that's how we can, I think, as you alluded to earlier, so beautifully, how getting well-resourced and learning again to, to love ourselves, we can then take this out to the people around us um, and love them better and be our, the best version of ourselves and follow our true north path in whatever it is in life that, that fires us up. I think that's super cool. And I like the well-resourced name because I don't know when I think of that, I kind of think of all the resources we have available right now, as far as like, we have like all this technology and like, obviously like we wouldn't be able to have this conversation without technology. We wouldn't have connected. And I know a lot of the information I've like gained from holistic health is like obviously all online. Like this is not mainstream stuff, but at the same point, there is a lot of like trip ups, like, I don't know, like porn or like phone use that just like gets you in the way. So I guess like, how do you manage that in your life? And like with your clients, as far as using the technology, like to your advantage versus like letting it just like own over your life, or you're kind of just like asleep to the fact that you're not like living your best life. Oh man, this is such a tough one because even like, we started this whole conversation with like, we're all human beings and we do all mm -hmm. have the same distractions and, and modern technology and things that can help us achieve so many things and, and be so far ahead. And then also hold us down, keep us from the things that we love to do, or maybe projects we're putting off because you know, the, the, the small dopamine hits we get from opening up Instagram or Pinterest or any of these apps, um, combined with the, the blue light and all the, the colors that we get on our phone screens. I mean, it's, it's 24 seven, you know, it's in our faces, like, like you said. So for me, um, you know, I've had to, to just institute rules that my, my wife would laugh if she was here because she thinks they're, they're kind of silly, but it's helped me a ton. Like just a practical example would be, um, I, I never touch my bed that I sleep in, like my wife and our kids are still, they're co-sleeping with us. So it's a whole party in there, but I don't ever touch my bed with my phone in my hand. That's just a rule that I set because I had to. Um, I noticed at that time of wind down in the evenings when we're all together, you know, it's so, it's so easy to, to reach on my phone and use that time as my wind down time. And instead of that being intentional wind down time with my kids and asking them questions about their day and, you know, spending time with my wife, um, it's, it's so easy for me to tell myself, Oh, Colin, you had such a, you work so hard today. You had such a hard day. You know, you, you deserve some, some phone time. And, and that phone time for me would turn into 30, 45 minutes, an hour would pass. Right. And I, I should have been asleep. You know, I, I was sleepy earlier, but now I'm, I'm not. So that was probably, gosh, maybe three years ago, probably when we had Koa, our first son in 2020, stopped doing the screen time and the phone and my goodness, my sleep got better. Started wearing blue light blockers, you know, whenever I was around um, screens, like my wife loves to watch a show. We've been watching the show suits. I've seen it a few times and she loves that one. So, you know, I'll slip the, the blue light blockers on, but it's basically instituting like 
rules for myself that have actually been life-giving because because a lot of times I think the the dogma and the rules are extremely restricting and they're just meant to be broken. Um, you know, they're religious, if you will. But at the same time, because it's in your face 24-7, like there has to be a way where you set boundaries in your life so that you can still, um, you know, do the things that you want to do and, and not have to have a phone in your face while you do it. So I know like a lot of, you know, phones have the do not disturb. I know a lot of people use that. I'll just plug my phone in. Like I have a, I keep my charger like really far, like 20 feet away from the bed that never gets any closer than that. Um, but I'll tell you, man, I'll be honest, the distractions and the social media, because I do it for work, it can be, it can be a temptation and, and last thing I'll say on this is another reason why we have to get well-resourced and why we have to get filled up to have larger capacity because when we're at a lower capacity, it's so much easier to get sucked in by the world. It's so much easier to kind of, you know, let your guard down and get scrolling again or, you know, doom scrolling as people call it. Um, I've noticed that with my life and I've noticed that with people I work with and when they're charged up and when they're feeling at their best, they're so much um, there's so it's, it's so much, um, harder for them, like in a good way to like get to fall back into those habits. Um, so that's just an example for me, but I'm not perfect. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I certainly catch myself scrolling and it's, it's always days that I'm more like tired or haven't, oh, um, yeah. you know, haven't been as hydrated as I should be, you know, stuff like that. So I'm sure you could attest to that too. And it's just something that we'll probably live with the rest of our lives with all this technology. And it's only going to get easier to use right yeah i feel like there's so many different ways i could go with what you just said but um i i will say i think the morning and nightly routine like i you have that good resource on your instagram like the regenerative health checklist or whatever and i've been following that as far as like yeah. i started doing like in the morning i'll do like intentions um i like to go for like a walk first thing in the morning like get sunlight in but like after I'll come back, like rip a meditation and like do some intentions. And then like, I'll like, I used to like not check my phone at all for like the first few hours. But now it's like, I like, let me, I'll just like check it, just make sure everything's good. Um, and then like start my day. But I've noticed once I started doing that, I just have so much more like clarity as far as like what I'm going to be doing throughout the day. Um, I know when I used to be like pretty depressed, it would just roll over you grab the phone and then it's like you're in bed for 30 minutes to an hour so i think just establishing some sort of routine yep. is like so critical um but like you said like the yeah. lower capacity thing it's like when you're at that lower state it's hard to like really have more discipline i think because you're not because like nowadays when i wake up and i like come come back set my intention i'm like all right like i look forward to having this podcast today but it's like if you don't have that it's like what am I doing for the rest of the day? So I think it's pretty critical to have a good like schedule in place. And if you don't have a schedule, just like yep. create one, like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym at this time. I'm going to eat a meal at this time. Um, so I guess like for for you, how do you do that as far as like scheduling your day? Because I've found like as someone who like, isn't like working a typical job, if I don't have a schedule, then it's like nothing gets done and I'm just like scrolling and, uh, feeling bad for myself, feeling isolated. So how do you manage like a schedule? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's kind of the joke, right? Like people say you, you, you work a job from nine to five and then these entrepreneurs that step out, 
they quickly find that you're now working from nine to nine. And, and so it's like, man, how do you find the time to do the things that fill you up, get you well-resourced and get you um, to where you're, you've got the energy all day, you know, <clears throat> or as much as possible, because just like yourself, I'm the same way. I mean, my wife and I, like traditionally we're, we're realtors. We, we've been in real estate. Her family's been in real estate many generations back as builders and property managers. We've always done more like residential, but even in that job, I mean, it was kind of like work when you need to, um, or when you want to with kids, as I've alluded to their, their time sucks. I mean, not in a bad way. It's just, it's, they take a lot of, of your time and, and energy. So yeah, for me, that checklist has been super helpful. It's like, you know, why I made it, I, I needed something. I, I, I kept looking at notion, like that's the app that I use the platform. And I thought, man, how could I just write down some things that would fill me up? And like you said, be able to start my day with either in with intentions, affirmations, um, light exercise or else getting out in the sun in some way in nature, uh, writing some things down, setting your intentions, like you said, is probably one of the biggest hacks I've ever come across. There is something about putting your life force into what you do, preceding what you're going to do that like draws you in. You know what I mean? Like it just sucks you in, in the direction that you need to be headed versus even having a checklist, which is fine, but kind of going through that aimlessly. There's just such a different intention, like you said, and and, um, and heart behind what you do when you set that intention. And I wish I had done this back in like high school athletics. And, you know, as a kid, even I, I, I could have been doing this as a middle school or whenever, as I started to get older and, you know, get busier. Um, but, but these days, yeah, it's just, it's, it's keeping my discipline, you know, discipline equals freedom. And that's been so true for me as a dad, the times where I kind of get complacent and kind of let things go. I notice that my overall well-being, my happiness, like my capacity levels are so much lower. And, and it's, it's ironic that, that the more structure I have with my discipline and kind of those like, like that checklist, for example, it keeps me honest and it keeps me doing the things that I love to do and that I know will, will allow me to show up as my best self. So like you said, morning, mornings and evenings typically seem to be the most potent to have at least a couple things ready to go in terms of this is what I'm going to do, you know, set my intentions. And then the night, you know, every day starts the night before. So that evening mm -hmm. before um, setting your intentions for the next day. Uh, and it's incredible what studies show and, and what real life shows when you set those intentions and you sleep deeply. I mean, my gosh, your subconscious is working all these things out for you while you sleep so that when you wake up, it's incredible how you just kind of move more seamlessly into um, the, the job at hand or the problem you're just trying to solve in life. Um, it's so cool. When you set those intentions, you write them down and then allow life, God, uh, your sleep, literally like your subconscious to formulate, now nah, this is how we're going to do this. And then you just move right into it. You know, it's, it's such a different way of approaching life. And it's really cool that you're doing that because it's, I, I mean, it's got to be putting you ahead of other people, um, maybe in your field or, or at your age. Um, and I think it's, you mentioning this on your podcast, is just going to help, I think, more people start doing that themselves because it's really quite easy mm -hmm. to set intentions. I'm sure you could agree with that. Yeah. It takes two seconds, you know, or maybe a minute. 
do. So I think too, like, like you said, like going on notion for me, I never did that prior to like starting to like create and start writing, but that's probably been one of the most useful apps I've ever downloaded or like website too. As far as like, mm-hmm. it looks like really clean. You can just like write down all your shit on there. And like, that's something where like, we could tell kids when they're like kindergarten, like this is like basic stuff as far as like, obviously like they're not going to be like as thought provoking as like an adult who has like a whole life and like has to pay the bills and all that. But like, I think it's important to make kids right. like aware of like, what is it that like really brings them like happiness, I guess. Cause like for me, I always like, I don't know, like growing up, it was like sports. And then like throughout high school, I think when I like got like depressed and like lost for me, it was because I didn't have that aim. Like I stopped playing sports. I started like smoking weed and it was more um, like off the cuff, like, Oh, just chill with my friends, do whatever. And like, for some reason, like the discipline thing just seems like it's so demanding and like not fun and like mundane, but it's almost like when you do that, it's like, Oh, then I have that extra like freedom to like do everything else. So I guess, do you think you're going to start doing that? Like with your kids, obviously they're still really young, so it's probably still a little bit early for them, but how do you see that? And just like, I guess also like, how do you help the young people, but then also older people who are never done this their whole life and they just see it as something as like, I don't know, like even when I, before, sorry, this is going on and on, but like with like Jocko and people like that who had so much discipline, it was almost like too much for me where it's like just alienating me because it's like, all right, this dude's a Marine and he's like, I don't know, like rolling (laughs) in the sand and all this. And I'm like some fat dude who's depressed. So I'm not going to be able to do that. So I guess um, how do you do a balance between someone who's young and someone who's old? And I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's totally relatable. I mean, I think we've all been there at certain points of our life, whether it's through failures or maybe we're not where we want to be. It's hard to connect with these gurus or social media influencers, right? It's like they're larger than life. It's that it's that problem with using a screen because on the other, the other side of that screen, they seem to just be untouchable and they seem to be light years ahead. And we forget that they're human beings too. And they're probably going through stuff too. It's probably not as perfect as their highlight reel on Instagram. I can assure you of it. So that's a great point that you bring up about the Jockos and the people that are radical. I know his thing is, you know, radical responsibility. And I think if I've learned anything, um, it's been stepping stones. It's been taking the first step, you've got to start some time. That was one of the biggest things with someone I just worked with who was, she's doing incredible photography and the hardest part for her, and this seems so simple to someone listening to this, but for her, it was everything. It was, it was such a wall was taking the first step. She wanted to step out and continue to, to grow her photography business, but was afraid of what people would say. And maybe afraid to be great in a way because she was maybe afraid of her greatness and, and, didn't know exactly what it, what it would look like. And so a little bit of loss of control there. Um, and so she started taking the first step and it took her to the next place and the next place. And if she would have never have started, she wouldn't have tasted anything. And so whether it's Jocko's radical responsibility or uh, trying to lose weight, 
but you're depressed and you don't look anything like the fitness influencer, you know, uh, on the screen. Well, first of all, the fitness influencer started somewhere. He had to have to get where he's at. It's not all genetics. Um, and, and sure it might be, you know, good lighting and tan and whatever, but fact of the matter is, um, tough luck. You have to start somewhere. Um, and then I, I think too, it's what we talked about with setting intentions. If you set the right intentions, those intentions are going to pull you with it. And there's going to be hard work. And the hardest part is always starting. But like I read the other day, like if, if, if you don't want to work out and you start working out and say 10 minutes goes by, see how you feel then see what your brain says to you then. Cause odds are you've already gotten to that point in your, in your workout, you're 10 minutes in, you're not going to quit because it's probably feeling good at that point. You probably feel good about yourself. You already have some reward dopamine hits going on, serotonin in your brain, the way God all designed it. So I think as human beings and living in our true design, it is about stepping out and taking that first step. And, and for kids, yes, hundred percent. Like I, funny you asked that question. I just did a, a movement practice um, from Bam Lionheart. If you know who that is, um, he does some really cool work with the, his primal movements and started doing it by myself and felt great. It was like doing breathing exercises and getting so grounded doing this. And I thought, Oh my gosh, like my kids and I, we could do this every morning. This could be like a, a routine that we do because they don't know any better. Like they really don't. And if they see their dad doing it, they just want to look cool like dad, right? <laughs> Even though it doesn't look super cool. Like I'm just stretching and probably being a ham about it. But, um, that's something that I want to hop in with them as a, I mean, co is three Aspen's two as we're recording this. So I think they would be willing to do it already. Like I would never force them, but that's really also another, just starting it, just doing it because as they watch me do things, they naturally gravitate towards them and they want to do it. Like whether it's push-ups in the yard or like up in my room or, like doing pull-ups the other day out here on these trees. We have like a bar across the trees. Like they always want to emulate me and they want to do pull-ups. So I'm on like rep two and they're like, dad, dad, like pulling me down, like physically pulling my leg, like on top of them, like my turn, my turn. And it's, it's so powerful to see that because they realize like, um, you know, dad, they may not understand that it's for health, but they just want to be like, you know, involved and, and cool. And like, you know, they want big muscles and stuff. And so we, we joke about it, but if I had never stepped out to do the, the pull-ups or to, to start my routine that day, if I just kind of sat back and said, ah, I'll do it tomorrow, you know, they would never step into these things too. So that's kind of my, my hope for my kids is just modeling it, not really talking about it per se. Cause that's the funny thing too, with, you know, as being a son, like I'm sure you can attest to this, like our parents tell us stuff all the time and we're always just like, no, you're wrong, you know? And then as I get to be a parent, it's like, oh my gosh, like my kids are already telling me I'm not cool. And the things I say, you know, it's like, no. So, but when I do things and I model it, he wants to do it too. And it's really, it's a beautiful picture of relationship and fatherhood. And then for older people, um, to answer your question, just, just, um, realizing that's never too late. It's never too late. The, the moment that you receive this information, it's, it's for a reason. It's perfect timing. Actually, it's where time caught up and, and you're, you're, you call it a synchronicity if you want, but this information is reaching you because you're ready for it. And, and so taking that first step as an older person or someone who wants to get in shape in their 40, you know, um, it's never too late and, and mm. you control your destiny in those regards. So 
hopefully that can be encouragement to somebody. I think that's a good point because as long as you're still alive, you, you still physically have the ability to change. So no matter like, I mean, that's the great part about like the human body is like, it doesn't matter how like hard or how far hard, how far off the rails you go. As long as you start giving it to right inputs, it will start to like function better. And that's pretty cool. Cause like you can, yes, I don't know, just you have the power as far as like not stressing so much about your past. Like just start to get the ball rolling. And I think what you said is like, once you start, it's so much easier to like, just keep going with it. Cause it's just like normal at that point to like do the health stuff, do the stuff that makes you happy, but it's like a little bit harder in the beginning to get motivated. So I think just like any first step, just like breaking it down into the smallest component, even if it's like starting with like a 20 minute walk or something, just like getting up and just, I don't even know, getting in the sun. And I think a lot of the stuff you do as far as like outdoor movement, I think is like critical because for people that like, I don't know, like I have some younger brothers and like, I know people that are just like not into the, like the gym and like personally, like I'm not like the biggest like fan of going to the gym. Like I like working out and stuff, but I think sometimes like going to the gym is a little bit intimidating if you're, especially if you're out of shape. So I think a great way to start is literally just to go outside and like, like yesterday I didn't go to the gym, but like, I just like went outside and like did pushups and just like squats and like messed around, got it, like started sweating, like in the sun. And I think those things are like, those are the things you really want is to like feel good while you're moving. And it's less about like building your biceps. So I think it's critical to just like keep pushing the fact that like you could like work out outside and you don't necessarily need like a bunch of equipment. So I know you like made your own dumbbells and stuff, but how do you approach that as far as like outdoor movement and how does that work in your life? Well, that's so well put. I mean, getting outside, you're receiving things from the sun, inputs from nature, negative ions. Um, if you're barefoot or, or even touching the earth, you're grounding. You're already so many steps ahead than stepping into more of a stagnant, sterilized, you know, recycled air gym. Um, and there's nothing nothing against a gym at all. You know, it's 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 great for for many reasons. Um, but gyms these days, I mean, it's, it's such a business, right? It's a business model to get people in and out. It's not what the original gymnasiums were set up to be designed as. And if you have a spare minute, you know, for people listening, you should Google and research the original gymnasiums over in Europe. I mean, the, the concept of health was still there. It was open air, um, very little clothing. Um, you know, society was much different there. In, in that culture, but a lot of, um, natural water involved. Um, like I said, uh, um, sunlight, fresh air and, and people were moving much more naturally. It was much more of like a gymnastic style approach to, to fitness. But for, for me and in, in these days, especially with the kids, like getting outside is not only the, the easiest thing to do, but it's also the most bang for my buck because if I do have 30 minutes or, you know, if I want to get outside and ground a little bit or I want to get some, some sunlight because the sun is so nourishing for us and the sunlight penetrates our skin, our, our bones, our muscles, it does, it does more things than we can quantify. There, there's no way for us as humans in the year 2023 to know everything that the sun does for us. We have an idea and we know that like heliotherapy is what they used to use to heal people and heal kids and, 
heal these these novel diseases and things that that were head scratchers at the time. And then by putting people outside in the sun, they were healing. And it was like, I think pretty revolutionary until people caught up to the fact in that time that, oh, the sun, it heals. And I think we're at one of those moments in, in time again in our history where people are realizing the benefits of the sun. So acknowledging that now, I I can't miss a workout out there. Like it's, it's, it's so life-giving. Um, it's, it's fun. It's more fun than being inside a gym. I mean, there's, there's some, some, you know, relationships or maybe like friendships I can think of that were like really fun to have in the gym when my friends and I would work out or maybe on like uh, back when I played baseball. But outside of that, I mean, just putting some, some music on outside or, or going out with my kids or getting out into nature in the yard, wherever it is, and just getting some sunlight and working out. Um, it feels the best during and after like the benefits, mm-hmm. even of the the feeling of it, it's, it lasts like the rest of the day for me. So once I realized how easy it is to do that, and then once I realized, Oh my gosh, and my brother-in-law helped me with this, like, dude, we could make our own dumbbells. And we did that. And that was a success. So we use those now in the yard. We made ourselves a little pull-up bar, like a scrap piece of metal from, it's like a round pole from the barn. And we put some uh, brackets in these trees and just do pull-ups there. Um, it's like too easy. And it's like, we were like, dude, why did we used to pay like 60 bucks a month? Um, I will say I, I still have a gym membership because we have, we've had a good setup here um, for days that it's, you know, it's, whether it's winter time here in Ohio where we're at, or it's like, you know, thunderstormy or something like that. Um, we'll, we'll rarely go into the gym, but learning all the health benefits and, and knowing how we feel once we're done working out outside, I mean, you feel like a million bucks, you know, you feel like mm. probably like how uh, a farmer feels after a long day of work. It's so satisfying. You know, you get to eat your meal afterwards and just feel so good about like what you just did. And for some reason, it's just so capitalized outside versus indoors. So I, I recommend all the people I work with and talk to like to take walks outside, like you said, depending on their, their uh, adrenal glands and like how much energy they have, you know, you don't want to necessarily push it too hard to where you're dipping into some, some, um, some black areas to where, you know, it's like a diminishing returns, um, with the heat in the summer, you know, like there's always like nuances to it, but for the most part, just like getting outside and just being a human again, like there's no greater feeling. Right. So that's where I'm at yeah. these days. And I didn't say that to like diminish going to the gym either. It was more so just the fact that I think a lot of people, think like the gym is their only option for exercise and it's like nah just go outside like yes. even go outside and like put your bare feet in the grass and like stretch <laughs> like that's that's literally like you won't you'll feel so much better doing that than just like sitting down inside and i never noticed that i was in arizona for four years of college and obviously like i got a good amount of sun but literally in like april i started like getting into like health twitter i saw like case bradford like going I don't know if you know him, but I like saw him just like working out on the beach and like just preaching about the benefits of the sun. So I was like, dude, I'm just going to like go shirtless, walk outside. And like magically, like every single time I'm like inside, like I'm inside right now just because like I'm at an Airbnb. I don't really have a good setup outside, but like I can almost like feel like the difference. Like I walk outside and I feel like it's like the morning again versus like I go inside and I'm like, damn, like even like the air too is a little bit different. So like all that to say, like 
yeah. we know so little about the benefits beyond just um, like the stuff we can say, like grounding or like getting a tan or whatever. Like, I think it's literally so profound, even just like smelling the trees or like just random stuff like that. that like you don't really think about, but it's just so critical for health. Um, but yeah, I don't want to take up totally. too much more of your time. So I don't know if you want to go into any more details about like, um, I guess like your health, but I don't know. Do you have a lot more time or what's the deal here? Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Let's, let's keep okay. talking. If that's cool. Right, let's you. keep going. Totally up to you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep going. So I guess on the like nutrition yep. side of things for me, I was more so, um, like calories in calories out in the beginning. So what is your like current approach to nutrition? I see like you drink a lot of raw milk, like honey, all that good stuff. So how did you come to be as far as that diet? Yeah. When I started approaching my health and my eating and drinking, um, with a lens of supporting my metabolism there at the beginning, which was probably three or so years ago, I was coming off of more of a keto approach. And with my hypothyroidism years prior, the keto was not for me. It was not supporting my, my thyroid, my adrenal glands and my, just my energy levels um, as much as I wanted it to. So certainly know that it can help a lot of people in certain contexts. And I, I definitely was, I was doing kind of a, a hit style, um, high intensity, you know, interval training, body weight stuff. And it probably never been more like ripped and, and body fat index was as low as it had ever been in my life. And this was on keto. But once I came off of that, I, 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 cause I basically crashed. I mean, I was, I was just, I, my energy levels were plummeting all of a sudden it kind of snapped. And a lot of it was stress related and that is what kind of broke the camel's back. It was the wink, the we weakest link. So um, started had my had our first son in 2020. Started approaching it with a with the lens of supporting the metabolism. You know, I think I'd found like the pro metabolic community and, and Ray Pete and a lot of those um, people and 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 his work. And I realized that it's all about nourishing our bodies. You know, with our lifestyle and our inputs, the things we do. Uh, especially in nature, it's about nourishing our lifestyle, like having that lifestyle inputs that are nourishing to our lives. And then no, no different than actual nutrients, physical nutrients um, from food, you know, we get energy from the sun. And then of course, we get energy from our food. And, and that to me was the, the aha moment that it was all about nutrient density, about bioavailability, meaning, you know, how easy is this thing able to be digested and used by my body, by my brain for output? So since then, man, I haven't looked back. It's just been whole foods as organic as possible and really as local and seasonal as possible. Because when I connected the dots with um, the mitochondria and their role in relationship to cellular um, energy production and just our overall well-being and metabolism, I realized how important those little buggers are to, um, <laughs> just overall well-being, and even, even hormonal, uh, hormone processes. And it's incredible. Um, they weren't just the powerhouse of the cell, like we learned in school, it was so much more. So really came back to, to an animal based approach, but then realized, oh my gosh, micronutrients, like, uh, any things that, uh, any products that a bee makes, 
um, raw dairy, um, a lot of these fat soluble um, vitamins found in animal products were like my key to like my best self and sleeping the best and also not being afraid to like, you know, snack at certain times and not being afraid of, of my eating approach. I was, I was so afraid. I really was like fearful of like having snacks between my meals and stuff. And again, it's different for everybody because for some people, maybe that doesn't work. But for me and what leads me up to today is, is my approach is very much not one of restriction and fear-based mentality, but the opposite of abundance mentality and not labeling foods as good or bad, but just realizing that I might feel better or worse eating a certain food. And so that typically dictates my decision of whether you know, I'm going to eat something or not. And, and most of our stuff is made at home anyways. So, you know, we support our local farmers that we're, you know, have a, a name, first name basis relationship with, I've got a cell phone number. Um, we love farmer's markets and, you know, I could drag my wife to five of them any given Saturday. And she's like, dude, you're obsessed. But I mean, if it, if it fills up, not just my tank, but my, my kids tanks and helps them learn about how to prepare your food and where your food is actually grown. I think that's the full picture that like I didn't understand as a kid and took for granted and just, you know, give me my chicken nuggets and French fries and I'm good. You know, whereas an mm-hmm. adult now I realize like you can get by with that, but that's not, that's not best self. So, um, that was kind of a long winded answer, but it really is about supporting ourselves with the most nutrient dense foods possible. Right. And then, and then incorporating these micronutrients so that we can really turn on our brain and, and even with epigenetics, you know, turning on certain genes that are, that are literally there to help us carry out the things that we are here for in life and, you know, love others around us. So dude, food is, it's so potent and so powerful. I think Case actually talked about this the other day, like people turn to drugs for certain feelings and like states of being, but food can do the exact same thing. It, it is that powerful if you realize that and give it a chance to change your life. Um, raw honey was one of those things that did it for me. It like literally <laughs> changed my life and like good steak and preparing it correctly, like changed oh, yeah. my life. It's also like a huge turn on for my wife. Like she huh. will tell you that like a good steak, a blued steak that's just like seared on both sides. Like that's the, that's a huge turn on for her. I'm like, okay, good to know. Like I love it too. So, um, yeah, we, we, we love good food around here. I think that's so cool. Like almost everything you said, I can relate to besides the fact I don't have a wife or a girlfriend or anything right now. But um, as far as the keto thing, I think like for me, I got like really into like health optimization. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go 16, eight fasting. I'm going low carb and I can't like eat like three hours before bed. And then progressively, well, I guess I'll backtrack before that. I lost like 50 pounds, but it was like in six months on a crash diet. So I have that little, like almost like trauma really from like a, like a really like harmful thing to my body. And then like coupling that with fasting was like pretty detrimental to me, but I thought that was like the best way to go about things. Um, Like I even experimented like with one meal a day, two meals a day, but like currently my approach I think is like pretty similar to you as far as like, I don't know, like I just like eating like a like a nice like not like too hefty, but just like a few eggs in the morning. So I'll just like have like that and like some honey and fruit and stuff like that, just to like feel like I'm not like 
ravenous because for me when I get like too ravenous or like too hungry like I just start thinking about food and then it's like I'm like more prone to just like binge eat or just like overeat so I think for food in, in general the most important thing is to like recognize like what is like serving you well and like obviously the the right the right amounts which I think when you're eating the right foods it's a lot easier to do that than when you're eating the improper foods but even for me like when I started eating like a more clean diet I still had some difficulties so I think like you said just removing all restrictions as far as like yes if I like maybe I'm going out with friends I'll get like an ice cream cone or something but it's like if you tell yourself you can't do that thing you're going to be more inclined to like then go off the rails and start like doing things that are bad for you um and like Mm -hmm. not serving you I think so I think like like it with anything, even if it's like exercise or like um, any sort of thing, just having it be like, what is it, like, what is the way that my body's telling me is the right thing to do and not what so-and-so says. Cause for me, I fell into that trap for so long as far as like, I need to get my sleep right. So I can't go out and do X, Y, and Z, or like, I can't eat right now because I'm going to go to bed at like so-and-so. And it's like, all those things are literally just not real like they're just you thinking about the future versus just like being in the present moment which is always like the only thing you really have so not to get like so like spiritual now but like when you start to like recognize that fact i think it like goes a long way to like improve like because you can be like all right if i'm in each moment let me just make it the best versus like thinking about how bad things were how like good they will be in the future it's like that doesn't exist so i guess i'll ask you like can you relate to that or like how is that um is that like a part of your life like is that something you think about a lot because i know for me that's always like a challenge as far as just like trying to stay present absolutely i think it's a huge challenge for the health community at large i mean even the alternative health community and the esoteric health community you know it's it's not getting perfect or dogmatic or so hyper-religious about what's you're putting in, in or on your body that you're literally losing quality of life and your stress levels and your, your cortisol levels are through the roof because you're stressing so much. I mean, it's stress is one of the biggest culprits today of, of um, you know, really determining how we feel, uh, how our, our sleep is, um, how we operate day to day. And a large part of that is, is being so hypercritical of ourself and our, our decisions. Like, yes, they're worth making good decisions, of course, but this is where our intuitive muscle comes in and we have to learn to flex the intuition like you were alluding to in the moment to make the, it's not even right or wrong. You know, I, I just caught myself saying, almost going to say, right. It's really to make uh, the decision that is a yes for you. If it's a no, that's that's okay. And that might change day to day, moment to moment. But the more we flex that muscle, like any muscle, the intuition, the better we get at making those decisions, whether you're out to eat with a family member, whether you know that there's, God forbid, seed oils in the <laughs> casserole that Aunt Mary brought to the potluck, you know, it's like, is that worth getting, you know, up in a ball about around these people that you haven't seen in a while or um, how's your digestion even going to be with you 
worried that you can't eat anything at this thing. You know, it's, it's, it's where I was truth be told only a handful of years ago. And then again, my wife being such a beautiful balance for me and, and she herself was, was so caught up in that because I mean, she, she had dairy sensitivities, gluten sensitivities, and she probably wouldn't even call it like an allergy per se, but she would just not feel well. And so of course there was wisdom in her not eating fast food anymore. And, and some of those things, um, when she could help it, but, but also, I mean, it's amazing. She's a testament to how our bodies heal because these days, not only can she have raw dairy, but she can enjoy like conventional dairy now. And she doesn't break out in hives. Um, she can have gluten. Um, she'll notice sometimes she'll notice when it was a yes for her. And then maybe, um, her stomach might be a little off if there's some like super cheap, you know, soy and something or something that would have set her off years ago. But it's not a conversation we have anymore where it's like, oh, no, no, like I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free. Thank you. Oh, and also sugar's bad. Like I, you shouldn't eat that. You know, that was such a dogmatic approach that, that we laugh at now and not, not to judge it. We don't judge it, but, or anybody that, that says those things, there's, there's no judgment, but we have grown from that place and are now in a spot where it is a total intuition call. And, and depending on how we feel in that moment, yes or no, that's the decision we go with. And for me, it's taken me a while to get there and I'm thankful I'm there for her. It was, it was for whatever reason, uh, more natural to her. But I think that's the biggest piece of like advice and like freedom that I can expound on for people is that that there really isn't right or wrong, good or bad. It just is. And mm -hmm. whatever is a yes for you, it's a yes. It's a no, it's a no, you know, and, and that's one of the most powerful things we can flex in life. I like that last thing you said about like, yes and no, because it's like, I know in the past, like, I would be the dude who would just like not go out with my friends and I'm, I'm like feeling like sorry for myself for not going out. And it's like, dude, you don't want to do it. Don't, don't stress over it. But it's actually kind of funny. Cause like, I just looked up this quote because you're talking about like synchronicities, but there's this book called like the creative act by Rick mm -hmm. Rubin. And I've read it just like, I wanted to like mm -hmm. become like a better writer. And one of the things he said in it was you open up like any book and just like, open it up and just read the first thing that comes to mind and or like the first thing you see and that is supposed to like be something that like might resonate with you but like I did that with his book and his the quote was any framework method or label you impose on yourself is just as likely to be a limitation as an opening so like for me that just means like exactly what we just said as far as like if I'm saying I'm like not going to eat said thing I would probably just be better off eating it if I want to eat it or not eating it if I don't want to than like listening to like what the label says or like, oh, I'm carnivore, so I can't eat honey or any of those random things. That's like you're just doing it because like the religion says it. Um, so I think that's part of like the trip up where it's like, right. yes, you might be doing the right thing. You might be eating animal based, but it's like if you're not allowing yourself the freedom to like do whatever you want, um, because like like we're all like intelligent beings, like beyond just like what we think we are. So I think like if you just are able to tap into that more, like that's when like things like the synchronicities you said, they start to come through. Cause it's like, you're not being so like caught up in like your ego and like, like your thoughts and like what's going on. You're, be, you're able to get into that um, almost like a higher plane of like intelligence. Um, 
as far as like just like being more in tune with things and like obviously i'm not saying i'm like so like spiritual or so like in tune um there's probably people who are like doing like energy healing and stuff like that that's a lot more like into that kind of thing but it's definitely like i think it's like a real part of health as far as like being in tune with like your body and that all starts for me with like a what you're putting into it and then like how you're moving is like a big component if you're like sitting over like slouched that's like pretty much just telling yourself that you're not confident and like i don't know like stand up with like your chest out and just like be confident in like the way you are um i think those are like pretty important things that are like not so i don't know not like a label or like something you have to buy like a supplement it's just like your body can like produce the hormones that maybe will increase your testosterone, but just do it. And instead of taking the supplement, just stick your chest out or I don't know, like do like an exercise routine or I don't know if that's making sense, but more so just like your body is like more intelligent than you think. And you can like start to like manipulate it, not for a bad thing, but like just like listen to like what is like right for you. And I think that's how, you kind of like get away from being like lost as far as like what is the right thing to do. That was kind of a rant. <laughs> I don't know if you have any yeah. any insight on that. No, I love that. I wanted to say that the, you know, the word for that is, is embodiment. Like you literally, you know, use the word body and, and doing certain things. It is a, it is a being. And out of that being, uh, comes your doing. And, and like you said, like certain postures and and techniques and the way we hold ourselves and carry ourselves does produce things down the line because we first, you know, put ourselves in a certain posture or could even be a, a word that we spoke, you know, into existence. Um, when we embody the things that we value and the things that give us life, it changes everything. Talk about synchronicities. That's when synchronicities start coming in is when we, embody the values and priorities that are so important to us that we just, we know that we would die for them. You know, like we know they're true. And, and, and also an embodiment is when we stop judging, when we stop judging, it really helps other things not judge us. Like it's that mirror effect again. And, and it really does start with the the embodiment of that truth in the first place. I think you said it so well. It's it's such a cool, um, it's such a cool like principle in life. And and you know, you have people. I'll grab my phone for an example. People hunched down like this on their phone. <laughs> Imagine, you know, you're uh, someone who never seen that before. You know, you travel in time and you see all these humans like this. You know, one of the first questions I would have if I'm this person from the 1700s is I'm like, I wonder what that's doing to their overall men- mental, you know, mental well-being and, and talk about like the hormones we're producing. What are the, what are the, what are the things we're saying to our body and like to our spirit, you know, all hunched over, like looking down, like, isn't this like a sign of um, defeat or, or it could be sadness or could it be poor posture, it could be old age, you know? It is, it is such a embodiment of being, being so wrapped up in something else that you're not up and alert and aware and, and in your body, you know, using your five senses, like a human being is designed to be. And you, I mean, you said it yourself so well, it's like, it's like when we do, um, 
uh, posture ourselves chest out or, or when we are in a, in a, a physical place to conquer what's in front of us or to, to just receive what's in front of us. Like it 100% um, affects our hormones, um, affects relationships or, or the way we present ourselves to other people, you know, externally. It's amazing. And all that is, you know, non, um, oh gosh, I lost a word, but it's, 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 you're, you're not communicating that with your mouth, nonverbal, it's nonverbal communication <laughs> with yourself and with people around you. Right. So, um, you, you could probably write a course or Ted talk on that because that's, that's a very powerful, you know, part of life that I don't think people think about hardly. Mm -hmm. I think of like, I remember like seeing that concept somewhere where it was like, like people are down looking at their phone. It's like their future wife is like standing like right across, but they're not even like aware enough to like, like not even just the anxiety of going and saying hi, but they don't yeah. even know it's there because they're just like, they're down on their phone. And I don't know. I kind of like yep. think like, obviously like that, like body communication, like what you're doing, like moving means so much, but also just like the food is like inputs too. like, not even just like what you're eating, but the manner in which you're eating, like, are you kind of like aware that this is a conscious being in front of you that you're eating when you're eating meat or are you just like scarfing it down? And I'm, I fall prey to that as like, I'm not like some perfect person either where when I'm more stressed, I'm more inclined to like not be appreciative of the food in front of me and just be like, all right, like I'm just going to get my protein in. But it's like, this is another like being that was once living and like we are now eating it for our own gain. Obviously like, that's like something I still do because like nature intended for that to happen. And I like to support like local farmers. Like you said, like farmers markets is like such a big component of the fact. Um, I think I remember hearing one thing one time from like Aubrey Marcus and he was saying that there's some like study mm -hmm. where basic, I don't know what it was, but it was basically like, so I think they had like someone like make a glass of tea or it was like chocolate or something. And then, one of them, like they produced it, like everyone was in a good mood and like, I don't know, just like good vibes when they're making the food. And the other one, they didn't have that same intention. And like literally the the way they were like making the food had like an outsized, like they had like did it against like a control. And it was like, no, like when they like produced, sorry, produced, like made the, the tea, brewed the tea or like cooked the food with like proper intention and like they were happy it actually changed the way the food like interacted with them. So I think that just speaks to like the fact that we, we are just so like out of tune with like what it really is. Like, it's just not like just protein. Like it's really so much deeper than just like just the calories and like the vitamins and minerals. So, I mean, that's just a whole nother component yep. as far as like sourcing the food, I think is just so key. Um, not only just the fact that it gives you better quality, but you're going to be more inclined to be like, like you said, if you have the, the farmer's phone number, you're going to be more inclined to like, be like grateful for that food. Cause like, you knew all the work that he did to put into it. So how far is like, how long ago did you like get into that? And like, just like food quality, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's been a natural progression, I would say. I mean, I think <clears throat> started to try to get into that back, gosh, really in probably 2014 when I first realized 
oh my gosh, you know, something's, something's up with my energy levels. I was in my, my first job out of college and, um, I noticed that I felt better when I, when I bought things that were just produced locally. And that was back kind of in my like super salads heyday or, you know, big salad heyday where I just thought, oh, the, the panacea of health is, you know, greens and, and, and there's a lot of health that, that comes from these things. Uh, but then I, I, I got into regenerative farming. A guy named Joel Salatin is the one that woke me up to that. Um, I listened to a podcast. It was The Art of Manliness. Um, he had Forrest Pritchard on from Smith Meadows Farm in the Shenandoah Valley, which is really close to Joel Salatin. And, and Joel actually changed Forrest's life. So it's kind of cool to hear Forrest come on the podcast and speak to his farm and how being a farmer changed his life. And there I am in my nine to five um, wishing I was on a farm far, far away, you know, tending to cattle, like things that I did not grow up in and would have never thought that I would have dreamed of. And then I just had this light bulb moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, that's it. Like, that's my calling is like, I need to be on a farm and, you know, not only am I going to stay healthy, but I can help people get healthy because, you know, every, every bite, you know, they're getting, they're getting nutrition from this incredible source of protein and, um, and fats and, and I learned about the, the beautiful symbiosis of, of mimicking nature through regenerative farming. And that's another piece of, you know, the regenesance we've mentioned before we started recording of, of this awareness now of regenerative farming and of the farmer's markets in your areas. And you're starting to see these websites pop up, um, you know, find real milk and, and, and entities like that that are making it accessible to get this nutrition into your kitchen because that was, that was the hardest time. You know, leading up through the 90s, early 2000s, there's this disconnect. You have the internet, you have these farms, and you have these people waking up to regenerative farming, regenerative nutrition, um, but nothing to connect them. And so the, the farmer's market, it was, it was that podcast, um, Art of Manliness with Forrest Pritchard talking about Joel Salatin. Go to your farmer's market. Get to know your farmer. Shake his hand. You know, ask him how he farms. Uh, ask him what heritage breeds he has. You know, I'm like... I would have never in my wildest dreams of thought to ask some guy selling chicken or, or meat at my local farmer's market. Like I would have never asked him that. And once I understood why I learned a, that's how you start any relationship is asking good, honest questions to the person across from you, looking them in the eye, shaking their hand and being genuinely curious about what they do. And then once I learned like what good these farmers are doing for greater humanity and not to mention for the soil and for the earth, um, with with climate being such a big conversation in this day and age, man, I was like, I gotta get to the farmers market. So yeah. I started doing that. Started carrying my little, that it was Knoxville, Tennessee for me at the time. Carrying my little bag around with, can't remember what farm it was, and felt like so official. Like tried my first raw <laughs> milk there and started to understand cultivating these relationships. You know, oh, I can really play a part myself. I don't have to be the farmer. I can get the word out and I can get to know him and, and, and love on him, support him with my money. And that is my contribution to, you know, the food system in my area. It's keeping the wealth in my neighborhood, in my region, so that this farmer can be compensated for all the hard work he does uh, because I want him to stay in business because I love his products and I love his meat. Um, and that's carried over to here in Columbus, Ohio and knowing, you know, Sweetgrass Dairy in Frederickstown, Ohio and, and huge proponents of them, what they do. And, and they too were affected by Joel Salatin, who I said earlier as kind of the grandfather of, you know, regenerative farming and the, the beauty they're doing of 
creating this rich grass. I mean, you, you take the photo of the, the conventional farm next to their farm and see theirs. Like, there's not even a comparison. You've got all this just dead, you know, ground that they spray. And then you've got this just like salad bar. So um, that was a long-winded answer. But that's where I am today, I guess. is just very passionate about the regenerative farming piece. And I think that a lot of people – like can get into farming and should 1000% talk about dreams and goals. But at the same time, you can also use your dollar to, to support them uh, and get the word out, which is just as important, if not more important than doing the farming, you know, yourself, because it does take a specific person with a certain opportunity or scenario to get into farming. And, and I, I worked on farms. Like I did that. I did some organic farming some veggies. And then, and then with, I volunteered a lot at, um, you know, various like cattle operations. And it was really fun and invigorating, like talk about workout. Um, but, but knowing where, like literally knowing the farmer's name, like is so cool. Like you can say like, I know the guy that grew that, you know, and as a kid, you don't think about that, but hopefully my kids will understand that a little bit more. And hopefully, uh, I'm getting the message out enough that people don't think I'm a nerd about it, but that it's actually like worthwhile and can really like help our, you know, our climate and help our bodies one bite at a time. So yeah, huge supporter farms. I think that's so cool. You've been doing it for so long. I got into it probably around like 2019, like 2018 when my parents or my mom was like really into animal welfare. So she started like buying like butcher box meat, which nowadays, like I would almost, I'm not saying like that's bad, but like, I like, like to support like local farmers opposed to them. Um, but I guess as far as like that, I had like a similar thing where I was like, all right, I need to like become a farmer. Like this is the way, but I think, like you said, just like supporting with like the knowledge and like letting other people know. And then also like, obviously just buying it yourself is so key. And keeping it local is like, then you're avoiding like all the transportation, like to get to you, like you're literally just going there and just like getting it. And then not to mention like the local farmer's market is just like a vibe, like you're outside and just like enjoying life. I don't know. Like when you go to a supermarket, it's like you're under blue light. All the workers are minimum wage workers. They're not happy. A lot of times you're like paying and like, I've gone to like a self checkout and it's like not working. And then like the worker comes over is all mad at me. And it's like subconsciously or not subconsciously, but like, it's like consciously like making me like mad. Cause I'm like, like, I don't need yeah. to be exposed to this. I could just go to the farmer's market and get my meat. Um, but yeah, so I think going to the farmer's market should be more should be, but I think it's going to like continue like for the future, just cause as people get more educated, it's just like, it seems like a no brainer. And like a few episodes ago on my podcast, I had Brett Ender on. This is like for people who are like, like saying like, mm -hmm. they don't want to spend the money or whatever. And for me, I, or what he said was pretty much like food is like an asset. Like don't view it as like a cost. Cause like you're getting like the highest quality food that's going to make you like function at your highest peak. So like for me, like nowadays, I'm just like, yeah. it was easy for me, like when I like cut out like drinking like expenses, nicotine or like other expenses that are like, 
I don't know, like weed or like, you know what I'm saying? Like once you get rid of like those ones, you start to realize yeah. you are actually choosing, but you're just, it's not that you don't have the money. You're just deciding like, oh, I'm going to go out and like party. But instead, like you could be getting this like higher quality meat that's going to make you feel better. That's going to make you more in tune with nature. It's going to like help the local farmer. It's going to stimulate the economy, like all those right. good things. And it's like, you're obviously, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like be judgmental here, but like there are choices that you make. So I think it's like really important to not just view it as like, oh, I'm spending so much money when I could be getting this cheaper product because they're really not the same product. Like you're yeah. paying for like supporting like the environment, whereas the other one's like absolutely toxic for the environment. Like it's like carbon sequestering, like and regenerative. And then it's like destroying the environment. So there's so many different facets of the regenerative movement that I think like people need to be aware of beyond just better tasting food, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so well said. I just would add like that, that is health insurance, right? That is assuring health in the present versus buying the cheaper food, like you said, and then later paying for it <laughs> through the medical system or whatever have you. It is, it is assuring better health by produce or by buying something that that your body can physically take and and use all that nutrient uptake for you know all the cellular processes all the 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 muscle muscle work all the you know brain um regeneration that's that's done during sleep like all these things can be found when we buy food that might be more expensive to people on the front end um but in the end it, it really is completely worth it that's a great point because like once you get your health in order, it's like, you're not depressed. You don't need pharmaceuticals. Like you don't need to pay right. for like other things that are like, quote unquote, like what you need to like operate. Like you no longer need those things and you're also living a better life. So it seems like that's, I mean, it's yep. obvious like when you start to like embody it, but obviously for people that are like far away from those things, like obviously it might be a challenge. But like we said, it's like all one step at a time. Right. Yeah. All right. Yep. I think we could wrap this one up because we're almost approaching 90 minutes. This is going to be fun to re listen for myself. But um, I really enjoyed talking to you, Khan. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me. It was, uh, it was really fun. And um, yeah, I'm excited to, to hear it, uh, hear back. Really enjoyed our conversation, man. Love what you're doing. Thank you, dude. If I ever make it out to Ohio, I'll have to contact you and let you know, link up or something. Dude, raw milk's on me, man. I got you. <laughs> All right, I'll see you, dude. All right, man. Thanks. All right, I just... As you can see, I am not the best editor but I just want to make sure I get this episode out today because I did promise that. So thank you guys for listening. And I think you guys would really enjoy tuning in, leaving me a five-star review if you can and watching out for future episodes. So thank you guys.